Everyone has a favorite Christmas song, but do you ever stop and reflect what these songs' root is from the Bible? In this series of messages, the songs of Christmas, journey through these songs of praise and adoration that are in the Bible and learn more about the true meaning of Christmas. How many of you are by nature not the most of patient people? Sometimes how you work while waiting will determine a lot of things. We have in the Bible tonight a guy named Simeon in our text. I don't think a Christmas has gone by in the last five or six years where I haven't preached on him. It's not because I don't have anything to say. This man is just such a great testimony to me. I love Simeon. Now, we don't know much about Simeon. As a matter of fact, this is the only place he is known of in the entire Bible. Some people believe, many historians say he was very well known. Some scholars say that he was the son of the famous Jewish rabbi Halil, which would make him the father of Paul's teacher and tutor Gamaliel, which would put him in the intellectual and theological elite in Jerusalem of his day. Now, I don't know if that's the case or not, and I don't think it's worthy of spending a lot of time deliberating on that because we'll never have certainty on the issue. But what we assume rather clearly from the text is that he was an old man and he had waited in Jerusalem. I'm going to preach tonight without slides, and I want you to notice in verse number 25 that he waited patiently. He waited patiently. The Bible says, Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, talking about the person of Jesus Christ to be born, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. He was a man who waited patiently. He was a lot more like my friend Scott than he was your pastor. He wasn't like telling the Lord in his 82 Subaru GL stick shift, like, Lord, six-minute mark, I'm going to Del Taco by myself. He's just waiting. And the idea of this waiting patiently is not that he just sat by and did nothing. No, the Bible says that he was in Jerusalem. His name is Simeon. And the same man, he's the, the Scripture, Luke, the, the, the physician is drawing emphasis to the person. He was just and devout. The word just, he was righteous. He was well-behaved. He was living as one should live. He was just. He was treating other people as they should be treated, justly. Like, like Abraham had righteousness imputed to him, he was a just man. He was a good man. The Bible says he was just and devout. The word devout means cautious or careful in relation to God. He had a reverence for God. He was, here's an old English term we would use, he was pious. He was spiritually committed to walking with Jesus Christ. He was careful in his relationship to the Lord. While he waited, listen to me, he walked with God. He walked with God. There's a lot of folks, by way of application, 
who when they wait on God, do everything in the world but walk with God. Some singles here tonight, if you're not careful, while you wait on God to bring that person into your life, you begin to dabble in and get attracted to and flirt with things in your life that will truncate the call and the will of God in your life because it's not happening on a timetable that you're happy with. Well, but, I mean, pastor, I've got to have this, and I've got to have this now. The idea of verse number 25 is that he just waited, and the Bible actually reiterates he's waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. Sometimes the hardest thing you're going to do is wait on the Lord. The Christmas story is not dismissive of application in our life. I love the verses on the Bible that remind me of patience because as you've heard and is somewhat legendary, I, I need help and growth in that area. Psalm 27, 14, wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Isaiah 40, 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord, to wait. If you're going to walk with God, you're going to have to learn patience. Simeon did. Simeon is waiting for the Christ child to be born. He didn't know when it was going to happen. He had just been told by the Lord that the Christ child would be born in his lifetime, that he would see the consolation of Israel. That, that and We'll talk about it in a minute. But he understood that that would happen in his lifetime. And there's things that he just did not understand, but he understood this, the importance of patient endurance. Patiently enduring. Some of you are newer Christians, and by newer I mean you've probably been saved in the last five years. Can your pastor let you in a little bit of an insight this, this evening? And that is, everyone who walks with God goes through some desert experiences, Everyone who walks with God goes through some difficulties. Everyone who walks with God goes through some times in their life when you're wondering, where is the Lord, and why is this happening, and what in the world is going on, and when is He going to answer, and when is the tide going to turn, and when are things going to happen? God, I believe this from Your Word, but it seems like I'm all alone. I'm in a desert place. Lord, where are You? Don't think you're alone. Abraham went through a desert time. We read the story of Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 through about Genesis chapter 30, and then it picks up some of his sons. And, and we think like, oh, that's a short time. No, we, we read in a few short chapters experience in Abraham's life that consisted of about a 75-year time span, roughly, uh, probably closer to 65-year time span in Abraham's life. And many uh, of the narratives in the Scripture that de describe Abraham's life, many of those narratives that are there, we, we hear three and four or five year gaps between God ever talking to Abraham. By the, when we read about Simeon, God had been silent. There had not been a word from God in 400 plus years. It had been quiet. We, we live in a world of instant gratification. 
We used to live, and I'm not being critical of the world we live in at all, it's just the world that we live in. We used to live in a world like, like if you were an 80s baby, where you had like a microwave and food was quick and, and, and fast food and things were kind of at your disposal. And now we live in a world where things are even faster than that, but we also get to share our opinions quickly. The dumbest things in the world are said in the heat of a moment. And some of you are still foolish in that you put your negative thoughts on social media. I'm not preaching in social media. I'll save that for the new year. I don't have a problem preaching against the, the stupidity of that. But we think like, oh, I have this feeling. I've got to, I've got to gratify myself in saying that. Abraham went through desert times. Moses went through desert times. He went to the backside of the desert because he had uncontrollable anger. He went to the backside of a desert for 40 years. 40 years. He became the meekest man on the earth, but he didn't start out the meekest man until he went through a desert experience. Some of you where your emotion gets the control of you, that could be anger, that could be depression or whatever. God might have to take you through a desert experience so that you can learn to control your emotions. Proverbs says, he that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is torn down and without walls. For some of you, it's, it's insecurities that play themselves out, and you want security. So all you do is talk. I was giving counsel uh, to some young pastors recently about their marriage counseling, and they were saying, Pastor Chadwick, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? I said, let me tell you number one what I think. And they said, what's that? I said, you talk too much, and you just need to be quiet. You talk too much because you're insecure, and you think you have these great aggrandizing words of wisdom. Just be quiet. Let every man, the Bible says, be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. James chapter 3 says, brethren, uh, be not many masters, knowing we shall, we shall receive the greater condemnation. For if in many things we offend all. If any offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able to bridle the whole body. Verse number 5 says, even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Let me just stop and say, the greatest way to interrupt patience is by talking too much. Well, I just got to have something to say. Listen, I like extroverts and I like introverts, but I like extroverts to be able to control their tongue, and I like introverts to be able to share some things. Simeon was a man who patiently waited. There's some marriages that would be helped if you just apply this principle. Some extroverts, De Debbie and I were really vulnerable in our marriage, as you know, and we have no problem really saying just about anything. And often in our marriage, she's the more extrovert and I'm the more introvert, and one of the problems that we've had in our 28 years of marriage is that when I begin to share a thought or an opinion, she takes that thought and she uses it as fodder for a new conversation, and I have to stop her and I'm like, whoa, whoa I was talking. This is not an opportunity for you to talk. This is an opportunity for you to listen and for us to grow in intimacy. So shut your mouth. You say you don't really say it like that. Yeah, you can ask my daughter. I kind of do. It's how we roll together. 
Just be patient. Paul is saved and and. Barnabas comes and encourages him in the Lord and teaches him, and, and Paul goes to Jerusalem with Peter, and then God picks up Paul, and he takes Paul to the desert for three years. In the desert of Arabia, the Lord teaches him in a desert place. Simeon's in a desert. God has promised him something, but it's not coming to fruition. Some of you are here tonight and you're frustrated because you know God has something for your life. You know that it's there. You could think of it whatever you want it to be. I don't want to over-apply this to your own specific life. But there's some things in your life that you know God has spoken to you about and you're frustrated that it's not coming to pass. The reason it's not coming to pass yet is it's not the right time yet. Patiently wait. Well, it needs to happen. It needs to happen now. No, it'll happen in the Lord's timing. Simeon waited on the Lord. God is not in a hurry. God's not up in heaven going, oh, man, we've got to get a Republican in the White House. And Gavin Newsom out of Sacramento. And um, we gotta, we got to figure out how to get such and such family into a house and, and figure out their job situation. No, none of that's a concern. God's got it. God's got it. That's why Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 8, verse number, or 3, verse number 8, Beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. A day with the Lord is, a thousand, is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. There's some theological implications for that verse, but understand this without a doubt, that what Peter is saying is God's not in a stressful position that you're trying to put him in. God's not, oh man, I'm, I'm so torn up about this. Just patiently wait. This is the season of joy. Joy is never truly enjoyed by an impatient person. Simeon can't speed up the process here. Stressing out about it's not going to bring anything to pass. Listen, the impatient person might get what they want. You, You may even manipulate the situation. But your expectation will never be fulfilled without patience. While he waited, he just waited on God. And verse number 26, and he walked with God, and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. We have another biblical example of someone who walked with God and waited on God. He waited on God and he walked with God. He walked with God and he waited on God. He's not going down to the maternity ward. They're going, is that the one? 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 I got to figure this out. He's like, he's like Christian singles at a Bible college. Now, if you didn't go to Bible college, you don't know what it's like. But like upper class dudes, when girls walk in as freshmen, they're like, maybe, maybe, yes, no, maybe, maybe, yes, no. Just gotta hurry this up. I gotta figure. Just wait on the Lord. 
And God walked with him. This is what God did with Abraham and Sarah. This is what God did with Moses and Ruth. We see this throughout the entirety of the Scripture. Simeon was led by the Holy Spirit, verse number 26. It was revealed to him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death. The idea seems to be, said one commentator, that the Spirit was on him continually. In most instances throughout the Old Testament, the Spirit would come on and off people for a temporary period of time, but it seems as though from the context that the Holy Spirit abode on Simeon and and gave him peace, which is a product of the Holy Spirit. This is the season of peace, peace on earth, goodwill to men. If you're walking in the Spirit, you'll live in the peace of the Spirit. Even when your kids are 6,000 miles away, even when there's a sickness in the family, even when the marriage is maybe struggling, even when the finances aren't what you wish they would be, the peace doesn't come from our circumstances. It comes from the presence of the Holy Spirit of God in our lives. He patiently waited. Verse number 27 The first part, verse 27a, and he came by the Spirit into the temple. This is what it means, that that he's at home one day. I don't know where he is, but let's just assume he's at home. Uh, He's at home one day in my mind, and the Holy Spirit of God, who is abiding on him, impresses on his heart that this is what I want you to do. Go to the temple. Today is the day. I want you to notice, secondly, not only does he patiently wait uh, uh, or waits patiently, he listens carefully. I wonder how our lives would be different. I wonder how our lives would be different if we listened to the prompting of the Holy Spirit of God in our life. How would our lives be better? And we all have growing to do in this, don't we? We're pursuing this till the day of Jesus Christ. Simeon was given this unusual promise, you're going to see the Christ child, and he's studying Scripture, and and he's searching for Scripture, and and, and he's learning about the Messiah over and over and over again, he's studying. And then on this day, the day appointed by God, the creator of the universe, he sends his son, and, and the Christ child is coming into the temple to be circumcised on the eighth day in accordance with the law, and Simeon is going to see the Christ child in the temple, and the Holy Spirit is the one who prompted him to go on that day. It seems from the context he doesn't go to the temple every day. But on this day, at this time, the Holy Spirit tells him to go. And the Scripture says, And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, they bring him in. And and I want you to learn that, that Simeon listened carefully to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. I don't like playing what-if games. I don't always like asking what-if questions. But what if Simeon would be like, I'm just too busy. What if Simeon had even said, I'm in an internet chat room sharing the gospel with people. But the Holy Spirit of God had prompted him. When was the last time you obeyed the prompting of the Spirit of God in your life? The Spirit of God just told you to do something and you went and did it. When was the last time that happened? Or the Spirit of God told you not to do something and you didn't. 
My dad makes me laugh. He doesn't make my sister laugh because she's his favorite. But my dad makes me laugh with some of this weird stuff that he does. But he has this passion to be obedient to the Lord, and that's the greatest gift a kid could ever have, is a kid who knows their, their parent wants to be obedient to the Lord. And, and there will be times like, like we would go to the store as a kid, and, 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 and it, it's only increased as my dad's gotten older. And we would, like my dad would need to buy socks, and we would go, and, and there would be socks, and he needs to buy socks. And I don't think this is a biblical model you have to live by, but it was right for my dad, Romans 14 principle here. And my dad would go, and my dad would pray over the socks. And he'd be like, Lord Jesus, please, I need socks. I need 12 socks. I need 12 black socks. I need 12 black socks with cushiony and gold toes. I need them to last. And Lord, I don't want to buy bad socks. I need good socks. I need socks that will last until you return. By the way, Lord, would you return now? I wouldn't need socks if you would come right now, Lord. I'll wait patiently, but you need to come today, now. Come today before the register opens, Lord. Come today. Gloria, I'm not lying. I'm not lying. If I'm lying, Gloria, will die um, or get sick or something. I mean, that's, that's, my, that's my dad. And I've watched my dad, no joking, stand at the sock rack, need socks, praying for his socks and go, I'm not getting them today. As a kid, I, you just, you know, as a kid, you're kind of like, here we go again. As an adult, especially when my brother's there, because he's always been the non-believer. I wish he was here to hear that. Um, when my brothers, uh, when my brothers there, we'd be like, "Dad, just get the socks. We'll buy socks for you." He'd be like, "Nope. The Lord told me these aren't the socks for me." Like you've got special Jesus socks. You need socks. They're fine socks. They're gold toe socks. Now we don't want to take this too far. Please don't start doing that. It's it's a crazy life. But I will say this, that the man passionately wants to follow Jesus Christ and the prompting of the Holy Spirit. That's Simeon. He listened carefully. He listened carefully. I want you to notice verse 27, the second part. Almost done. B. And he came the Spirit of the Lord into the temple. Here's the part. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people, Israel. He praised purposefully. In my mind, Simeon initiates the interaction. Imagine with me for a moment, Simeon's in the temple, he's like, Lord, what's going on, what's going on, what's going on, what's going on? And then he sees a young family come in. This was not an uncommon sight in the temple. Young families came in on a regular basis on the eighth day to have their sons circumcised. That was the, that was the plan, and that was the, the procedure, and that was the custom of the law. Obviously, the Bible says exactly those words. It was the custom of the law. And so this was not an uncommon thing. There may have even been a couple other couples there. We don't know. I'm just thinking, in my mind, it works that way. It makes the story more fun it, 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 that way. And so Simeon is, is watching these couples. 
couples. And, he's, and he knows why he's there. He's looking for the consolation of Israel. He's looking for the promised Messiah to come. And Simeon is watching and watching and watching couple after couple after couple come. Again, works this way in my mind. And then he sees Mary and Joseph and the babe. And the Holy Spirit just prompts him in his heart. It wasn't audible. It was in his heart. That's the one. Now, I don't know exactly how Simeon's response would have been. I'm telling you, Chris Chaddock's response would have been, that one right there, Lord? Yeah, that one. You sure, that one. Yeah. And he goes over. Don't know how it happened. But he walks over. I think it was of God the Father orchestrated that Simeon just walks in. And I think Mary hands the baby to Simeon. And Simeon takes the baby, and he begins to purposefully praise the Lord. This is the consolation of Israel. This is the one who will die for the sin of mankind. This is the one that we've been waiting for. This is the Messiah, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of all people Israel, of thy people Israel. Oh, I love that. Imagine the encouragement that had to be to Mary and Joseph. Imagine the encouragement that would have been to those that are around them. Imagine Mary wondering, is it true? Is everything true? I don't, I don't think she was faithless, but she's human. And so there might have been a few times of doubt. And God brought Simeon into her life to bring courage, to encourage, to bring courage into her and Joseph's life. This is the consolation of Israel. This is the promised Messiah. He is the one that he claims to be. And Simeon just purposefully and intentionally praised the Lord. He had spent his adult life studying the Scripture. He had spent his adult life studying the promises of the Old Testament about the soon coming Messiah. He had wasted no time just sitting around and, and dilly-dallying in his life. No, he had, he had purposefully studied. And when the promise came, he was enraptured and he could not help but praise the Lord. Let me say, the more you learn about the promises of God from the Bible, the easier it will be for you to praise the Lord when those promises are fulfilled. The more you learn about the promises of God from the Bible, the easier it is for you to praise the Lord when those promises are fulfilled. I look at our world and I, like you, see it in a desperate condition. Right? I mean, we can look at the world and go, this is not good. But can I tell you, I'm kind of excited about it. Why? Because I know that it means Jesus is coming back soon. Somebody asked me the other day, Pastor, do you believe we're in the last days? I believe we've been in the last days for 2,000 years, according to the Scripture. But I believe we're in the last days of the last days. Matter of fact, I believe we're in the last day of the last days. I would go this far. It's 11.55 at night, meaning at any moment the Lord is going to return. At any moment, I believe the Lord is going to return. Things are set in order. The world is, is prepared. We've got so many prophetic things that are happening all at one time. I believe the Lord is going to return. And, and as we look at those things, we find joy and not stress because we know that the Lord is in control of it all. And because Simeon had been a student of the Word, he was able to praise purposefully. And then verse 34, and Simeon blessed them, Mary and Joseph, and said unto Mary his mother, behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, 
and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, and the thoughts of many hearts shall be revealed. I wish I had time to talk about all of that, but he blessed them. I just want you to know this finally. He preached the word clearly. He preached the word clearly. Simeon waited patiently on the Lord. He listened carefully. He praised purposefully. And he preached the word clearly. Oh, Mary, Joseph, this child is set for the rise and falling, or the fall and rising again of many in Israel. They would rise because of him. They would take notice, they would choose, they would believe Him and the salvation that He was to bring. And He would would become their foundation. He became our cornerstone if we put our faith and trust in Christ alone. The rise, but the fall of many. Many stumble over Jesus Christ. Many don't want to hear about Jesus Christ. Many don't want to hear the truth of the gospel. They would rather live their life their way on their timetable. And they will fall. And they have fallen. Matter of fact, Jesus said it this way. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. The sad reality is that most people stumble over the person of Jesus Christ. That's the sad reality. The vast majority of the world, people say, if they would just hear about Jesus, they would accept him. I appreciate the naivety of your heart, but most people will not accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Though we pray and we work and we preach and we witness and we share and we talk. I had a wonderful opportunity today to, to talk to a, a young lady that's been visiting our church for some time, and my exact quote to her was, how's your journey to Jesus going? And she told me, and I enjoyed the conversation. Make that quick, because he's returning. Many will fall. Many will fall. That, that's why as a dad, I want to make sure that I clearly communicate the gospel to my children. That's why as a preacher, I want to clearly communicate the gospel to our church. That's why I have passion to make sure that people understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. And by the way, I'm not apologizing for that. Not that anybody's ever asked me to, but I'm just saying I just can't apologize to that because I would, I, 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 would, I would disgrace men like Simeon who clearly preached the gospel. And this week you have an opportunity to clearly preach the gospel and invite people to church on Sunday night or, or, or on Saturday night. More people will come to church on Saturday night. More guests will come to church on Saturday night across America than any other day of the year other than Easter. 86% of people that will ever visit a church for the first time will do so only because a friend invited them. I wonder how our country would be different if friends invited friends to church, if Christians invited their friends to church. Well, I tell you, I'm just so sick of those Democrats and Democrats. I'm sick of those Republicans. I'm just sick and tired of all of this. Can I tell you what we need? You want to have that discussion? Fine, it's it's pointless, but we can have it on some level. Can I tell you what our world needs? Our world needs believers inviting people to the one man who can change their life forever. We're just inviting them. 
Well, I don't want to be rejected. Bro, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting him. Every man has to make a choice about Christ. Either you accept him as Lord and Savior or you reject him. And Simeon is clear in his praise. And he is clearly preaching the word. He patiently waited. But he didn't just sit around. No. He... he, he was, he was about the Father's business while he waited. He was still listening to the Lord. He was praising purpose, purposefully. You know why he could praise so well when Jesus came? It's because he was in the habit of praise. He was in the habit of praise. You know why some folks, when they come to church, they sit there like a bump on a log acting hyper-spiritual? It's because in their daily life, they're not praising the Lord. They're not in a habit of praising the Lord. They're in a habit of worrying about 50,000 other things and thinking about 50,000 other things. And I know we lead busy lives, but can I tell you that we're supposed to lift our voice and praise to the Lord? The psalmist said, I'll give praise unto my God while I have my being. David said that. He was somewhat busy. He was a king. He was a leader of a nation state. He was a warrior. He was a dad. He was a husband. He was a shepherd. He had a lot going on. But I'll praise the Lord as long as I live. Tonight, as we reflect on Simeon's life, I, I wonder, maybe you're, you're someone that, if you read in the scripture and it says, thus saith the Lord, you do it. And by the way, that's all wonderful and amazing. But could be that the Holy Spirit of God is prompting your heart to share the gospel with somebody, or the Holy Spirit of God is prompting your heart to talk to somebody, or the Holy Spirit of God is prompting your heart to stop doing something, or to start doing something, or to give something, or to go somewhere, or to do something. I, I mean, are you listening carefully? When our kids were small, I never wanted to have to yell at them. As they became teenagers, that thought went out the window. <sighs> but when they were kids, I'm teasing a little bit, I just wanted to be able to talk to them. And so I'd say, hey, Natalie, come here. And I'd try to say it quietly. And then she would come and she would, I don't know, sit next to me or she always had really bad allergies. She said, yes, Tanny. She always said, really? I had them as a kid as well. And she would, she would come and we would, we would talk. I have a puppy now. I don't want to have to yell at my puppy. Sometimes I have to in the training process. But I would just want to be able to say, Molly Joy, come here. And sometimes she does and sometimes she doesn't. And we have to train again. I want her to listen carefully. You know what the Lord wants in your life? Listen carefully. Carefully. How's he speaking to you tonight? You're a believer. How's he speaking to you? I think if you came to church, you heard two sermons, and you heard like 10 or 11 really good songs, he's probably spoken to you today. How's he speaking to you? Just submit. Lord, you want me to do this? I'll do it. My prayer at every church service is, God, whatever you speak to me, I'm going to do. I pray this prayer I, almost every time before I memorize Scripture or read the Bible. Psalm 119, verse number eight. Open thou mine eye, verse number 18. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. I want to listen carefully to how God is speaking. Why? Because then I can preach with clarity and boldness. And that's my prayer for you tonight. Simeon, <laughs> dude, 
He waited the right way. My, my prayer is that while we wait for the Lord's return, that we will wait the right way as well. Father, bless our time in the Word. Thank you for listening. Hear more messages today at CanyonRidgeBaptist.com. If you're in the San Diego area, please join us for a service. We meet on Sundays at 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 5 o'clock p.m. Pacific Time.